0: This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, an unofficial podcast for Leader Games Root. Episode 184, Learning the Underground Itchy. Featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Music by Brian Capillas.
1: what's the bit this week genius
0: as long as you recognize who's in charge here you you know know who brings the bits baby
1: the the comedy maestro who comes in and says this is what's what this week it's this one this I don't want, I got
0: nothing. I've been so hyped up on the tournament that just has been taking place this last weekend. I'm I can't believe we out. have
1: to do the show and yeah. the tournament at the same time. Every year I can't <laughs> How believe dare that. They
0: expect it. <laughs> I can't believe that every year we have to do both at yeah. once. It's this, insane. So, so obviously one game a weekend is uh Duke, Lucum, and Flat Tomatoes helping us out. But even even if we count that into like the product that SCPT is putting out. I mean, that's it's it is roughly like 26 to 30 hours of content weekly. <laughs> this show, two hours mm-hmm. and like three eight plus hour games. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. boy howdy. I don't say that to be like, we don't you don't get to criticize us for anything ever. But I just want you to understand why I'm tired all the time and why I don't have a bit this week. Why there's no bit. That's there's, fair. No, there's no more time left for a bit. <laughs> yeah there's no there's no time for bits so yeah it's like
1: the other day i was trying to figure out like I, some people will will i was like having a discussion on the discord where we were talking about how many games we'd played because i was asking oh, yeah. uh, for like any new newer players to play a game with and somebody was like uh i don't know if i would qualify as newer and i was like oh well how many games have you played and they were like i've played like 200 games <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think... I think you're I think good. The, yeah, I think... And uh, we're talking about TI here, even though this is a rude episode, but Let's 200 games of TI... set the standard.
0: <laughs> the, the expectation... You, you're not good until
1: you've played 200 games. Well, I just want to say for anyone listening that might be confused, if you have played 200 games of Twilight Imperium, you don't have... You don't really need to listen to the show anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you are not... When we are writing these episodes, we are not factoring you into the process. You are yeah. kind of left out, to be honest. And it's not, you know, I mean, some people will say, like, there's still stuff in the show for you, but it's hard for me to imagine why, yeah. like, there well, is.
0: Well, that very much brings up, because of a Root episode, that brings up some emotions for me in these Root episodes. And especially, too, this was prevalent in the Dune episodes, but Root has had a little bit of this thing, too, where, like, we do, like, pre-errata and, and errata for these episodes. But... And this is no flack on them, but it's really the same like six people <laughs> every single time that are like very gung-ho about interacting on a content side you yeah. know, and giving errata. Right, right. Whereas everybody else is just, you know, they're just, they listen to the show each week and that's fine. Uh, yeah. But we we very <laughs> much hear from the same folks uh, very often <laughs> when it comes to root pre errata. Oh,
1: yeah, dude. Uh, if you want to skip this episode, I think Justin uh, actually summed up. He wrote, the he wrote it for you. <laughs> in a very small, I mean, it's short, too. It's like 10, 10 or 13 bullet points. You could just read those, <laughs> and then you'd probably get everything that we're going to talk about today uh, in in a microcosm right yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but what even was my point? I was saying something about time. How and many hours? And, 200 games is, oh, is plenty. I was trying to figure out how many hours, though, I have spent of my mm. life thinking about and doing twilight imperium stuff yeah so that i'm talking about this isn't well i just mean like like i was trying to figure out how many hours i've spent on it because i've been we've been working on a secret project sure and i wanted a segment of it to be me recounting exactly how many hours of my life have been twilight imperium or (laughs) twilight imperium related (laughs) since late 2017 i'm not even gonna count the stuff the ti3 stuff yeah (laughs) i'm not even gonna count that we're gonna leave that aside so like you factor in because it's like every week we do this show right Mm -hmm. every week you know i'm playing a game i'm writing an episode i'm thinking about episodes i'm thinking about the game how many hours of my life since then what percentage of my time on this earth since ti4 came out have I been thinking yeah. and participating in TI4? And when someone says I played I played 200 games, I definitely haven't played 200 games of TI4. I, I definitely have not. True. You have played more games than me. I, I think
0: you've played 200. I just think you haven't tallied it up. Go maybe.
1: On. Well, regardless, my point is, but if you were asking me how much time <laughs> have you spent on this, uh, in that in that department i've got receipts buddy and <laughs> you better in that way i start getting that's where we that's when we can about, show up yeah yeah that's that's yeah. where
0: you and i get to strut our stuff a little bit if, if it's I've just about, about mental too much energy
1: <laughs> investment then do, you can't can't tell me nothing yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> like that's how i feel yeah this sure. is a
0: root episode. This is a root episode. We have a little bit more Twilight Imperium to talk about, though. Uh, last week was a Relics and Legendary Planets episode uh, with some fun little spoilers in there. You should go check that out. There's some little hidden surprises uh, in that episode. But uh, we, we've we got some errata from, from our takes on the different Relics and Legendary plants. Uh, the first one is the, is the real and true whoopsie doodle of the episode, which is Randall Carissian says... When you were talking about Hope's End with Muat, I think you got the Muat mech ability mixed up. We did. Hope's End is actually amazing for Muat. We talked a lot about it from the perspective of, like, as if Muat's mech deployed, which it doesn't. Having Muat mechs on the board gets you free infantry. Yeah, is is the way it works. When you do Starforge, if you Starforge in a system with a mech, you also get to place an infantry in that system. So, yes, you absolutely want Hope's End. You need Hope's Hope as fast as you can possibly get it and start getting mechs on the board. You you want all four mechs out right away so that anytime you do Starforge, you have places that uh, all over that can get extra infantry. Very very badly want that. Yeah, I misremembered how it worked and then
1: and then I even pulled it up to read it. huh And <laughs> then in and i read the words and then just sub uh substituted what i was misremembering yeah and then i played as muat like two or three days ago uh, in an unstreamed game because you don't get them all i don't think people realize that you don't get them all all right they don't all belong to you so i play some of them just for my own pleasure uh but i was playing as muat and halfway through the game I was like, uh-oh, oh, I no. messed something up in last week's episode. <laughs> and then, surely enough,
0: Rando Calrizian you got me. You got him. All right. Uh, next That's my were... one for the year. All right. <laughs> uh, Chelios says, two things on Crown of Faunos. That's the relic that lets you re-roll ships and uh, get plus one on the reroll. But if you miss the reroll, the ship dies. Uh, Destroyer 2, but especially Argent Flight's... Strike Wing Alpha Two gets a pretty hefty upgrade on their anti-fighter barrage with this, because Crown of Thorns applies to anti-fighter barrage because it is technically a roll during combat. Going from 1.5 average hits per destroyer to almost 2.5 average hits per destroyer is pretty huge on its own, but being able to roll the nine to ten infantry kill again with two dice and now with 50% chance, higher chance of uh, getting it. It, you can shred invasion forces. So, like, having the Crown of Thalnos as the Argent Flight, your destroyers are these insane defensive units, like wholly terrifying (laughs) uh also re-rolling in clutch rounds has its use beyond improving your chances to win a fight if you need to destroy the greatest ship and your opponent announces a retreat you can sacrifice ships to secure enough hits before they slip away the same is true if you need to prevent them from retreating into a currently lightly defended system that you want to take with another more ground forces focused fleet and if they play route you can try to secure a win before you have to retreat so in those in those rare combats where you gotta win fast uh crown of thalnos obviously has some benefit but that argent flight point uh, is not some any math i had done and that is uh, a huge point so if somehow argent flight gets their hands on crown of thalnos that is actually quite a terrifying uh beast to behold
1: yeah my only counter to this is that the argent flight
0: strike wing alpha twos uh, are already too good basically <laughs> right so they didn't that's... need this also how much exploring and getting relics is Argent flight doing i don't know i, ha- we I think this is a situation where yeah. they just
1: happen to get right this is the one they ended up with right. and yeah i think i think that's fair to say that that for them it's it's not so bad i still think it's like comparatively worse than everything else and that's kind of my point with the yeah. like strike wing alpha twos are already really good right and honestly, they can get lucky. I saw in a game I played recently, like three Strike Wing Alpha Twos beat a a fleet that was much larger, and it was <laughs> yeah. like a flagship, and it didn't make sense. Wow. I didn't even understand what happened. It was yeah. just like they rolled all this dice, and then everything. The was infantry dead. were dead, and <laughs> and the, things had gotten sustained, and then and then they got killed. Like it's just like they If you really break down their abilities, they beat. Like capital ships. That's like the whole point of them Right. is that they they clear the fighter screen and then they clear the sustained damage. Yep. So they just basically even the odds against capital ships, which wouldn't be a big deal except for, wait a second, those are the best ships in the game (laughs) that everybody uses.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's major economic downsides to your opponents. Uh, Yeah. Last up is another, anytime Hunter and I don't like a thing, that's where we get all the errata, right? Is we, this is not very good and people have to go, hey, sometimes it's good. Um and yep that's fair but it still is a a generalization that we're making and speaking of generalizations no I hate uh uh-uh, uh 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 this is what happens we say something's
1: not great and then we fail to mention some of the ways the situations where it could be good so right. it's really what it is is the audience is saying is there because I even even this one you're about to read it's not like the the audience is saying no this is actually great right they're saying you didn't name every in every
0: point for it essentially we didn't do the the pros and cons list we did we we decided it's a con and gave it only gave you only the list of cons here's some list of pros for stellar converter from slander slander says it's a fair critique that it doesn't give you a tangible benefit i don't think extortion is the fix for this or even really a very good idea What it gives you instead is the benefit of everyone at the table knowing you can hurt them in a big and permanent way if they provoke you. So not not extortion, but like defense, right? Defensively Mm -hmm. saying, "Eh, I'm carrying a big stick. When someone is trying to snipe a fourth industrial planet wherever they can get away with it, do they take one of yours and risk you vaporizing one of the other three? Or do they look elsewhere? Does someone eagerly kick you out of the wormhole nexus because your fleet is locked down? Or do they check where it is locked down first? Mm -hmm. The Sword of Damocles has a lot more reach than a conventional reprisal. You don't need to be able to overpower them in space or on the ground. You don't even need the movement range to get to the target. Diplomacy, Ceasefire, and Sabotage can't stop it. It may not give you the resources or outright points of other relics, but I would guess its face-up presence round by round is often saving the owner a lot of headaches they don't even know are out there. It's also a pretty powerful windslaying slaying tool, which you covered. I would still put it at number nine by default, but I think it's easily better than Crown of Thalnos, which I have yet to see make any impact in any game ever, <laughs> and a better last-round draw than a few others. That last-round point is definitely good. Stellar Converter, as a last-round draw, is better than quite a, b- a lot of Relics. It's it's the yeah. other Relics being good early, and you just kind of sit on Stellar Converter all game. But, to Slander's point, sitting on Stellar Converter might ward off some aggression you otherwise would have seen
1: yeah yeah also i think i mean i think this situation where someone's like oh i'm really afraid of stellar converter uh happening to me eventually you just start playing as if it has happened to you right. you know what i mean like you <laughs> the, there is only so much uh you know or alternatively it's not like you can't play against stellar converter that's the only that's the only thing i i want to say in response to this there yeah. there is there are ways to mitigate it is stellar converter can't just be used anytime and easily it you have to have the bombardment ship next to the planet that you want to do it
0: yeah if anything i keep seeing situations the tournament started to kick off and we saw a stellar converter in a recent game that just it never got used the big swing the big moment for it never came up just wasn't even right there's not there there wasn't the big value target to hit and so then it never even did anything in the game yeah because the player
1: that well i don't want to spoil it but the the it, there can be situations where you're like, oh, I've still a converter and that's going to stop somebody. And it's really good at stopping people. But isn't it more optimal to find other ways to stop people uh-huh. that don't involve using a non-renewable resource? So then if you're really kind of playing playing it out, sometimes you don't even end up spending. It's like an insurance policy that you don't end up cashing yeah. in on because you're like, I found another way to do it. Yep. Yeah.
0: So that's it. That's that's the Arana on Relics. Everything else freaking nailed it. Knocked it out of the park. Good job, <laughs> Hunter. Good job, Matt. High five. All right. We have an underground duchy. Uh, to guy excavate. We uh, we we've got the <laughs> we've got the underground duchy to excavate. Okay, that's fun. Wow, Hunter, you did it. You you punned. Um, I would love to hear uh what you have to say about the underground duchy, sir. Okay. Ooh, can I do this? We never do this with root stuff because the um the the like lore of root is in really like random little spots but uh, oh my god yeah now give me of, that lore I'm just gonna read this for many seasons you lobbied the duchy to invade the woodland now with the help of some powerful friends your time has come yeah that's pretty cool um so so they're a duchy
1: of uh, uh, these moles yeah and they live uh in they live in dirt and they have dirt they're just just dirty dirt fiends
0: what what does it mean to be a duchy properly i, I genuinely this is where i always a duchy? feel like i'm I'm, is I'm, a, a duchy? I'm i'm falling behind in root because cole worley is like a historical genius and like uh-huh. is basing these things on very real world examples and i'm like yeah they're the ones with the crowns and the nobles and i don't know what the context is at all well a duchy is what a duke is duke
1: of or a duchess <laughs> is a duchess of a duchy that's okay. what it is
0: so, that was very helpful. Thank well it's you. like a, it's, it's like a you know, bureaucratic, it's like, like very like type of place. Yeah. You know, like
1: and, a kingdom or a or sure. like a you know, but, but our an, duchy an, friends an
0: believe in hierarchies. They believe in, in mm-hmm. a class system of which there are squires, which are lower lesser than nobles, which are lesser than the lords of that duchy.
1: Yeah, in terms of Crusader Kings three, it would be <laughs> like the a duchy would be like you would start out as a duchy. And then eventually you would become a kingdom and Mm -hmm. that's when you start getting really big and then eventually um, you get really unethical and you become an empire and that's when you do uh, sins, sins, bad, Bad, horrible sins. And then you're playing a computer game that becomes like a horrible sin simulator and you're kind of like, what am I doing? A historical sinner is what I call them. That's my name for that (laughs) genre, a historical sinner.
0: Um, Sin simulator. Yes. Well, let's, um, let's overview their stuff. Uh, they got a couple abilities up here at the top of their sheet. They they start with the Burrow, which similar to like RTI Ghosts of Creus they have a little they have a little clearing that's off the board. Uh, and yeah. the Burrow is adjacent to each clearing on the map with a tunnel. You always rule it and only you can enter it. So it's your own clearing that no one else can come to. It's a little hidey hole. <laughs> um... Uh, also, it's worth mentioning,
1: uh, so your tunnels are these little these little tokens that you have. They're your only tokens, and you only have three of them. Um, and once we get to uh, daylight, we'll talk about how do you place mm-hmm. a tunnel, basically.
0: Yeah. But, um, and, and worth noting, too, that the, the tunnels are not, despite being tunnels, they are tunnels to your burrow and nothing else. Think of your burrow yes. as having three exits. So you can't go from tunnel to tunnel on the map. Your tunnels aren't warp zones for yourself. Your tunnels yeah. are a warp zone back to your burrow, and then you could move from your burrow out another tunnel. Um, right. there the, the tunnel name can can trip some people up, I've seen. Uh, your second ability is not an ability. It's a bad thing. It's called the price of failure. Whenever any number of duchy buildings are removed, return your swayed ministers of highest rank to your unswayed ministers pile, remove its crown from the game, and discard a random card. That is a lot that happens, Hunter. Walk me through yeah. it.
1: Uh, We'll talk about crowns in a minute. Um, You have six buildings. Um, If one of them is destroyed, price of failure is triggered. Notably, if someone in a single combat kills more than one of your buildings, though, it does not trigger twice. It only triggers once, which is nice. Contrary to
0: like uh, lizards. Lizards buildings. Every building that gets hit hurts you.
1: Yes. Um, And also, here is, this is kind of a note for maybe our more experienced listeners, uh, there's an entire style of moles play where you basically avoid placing uh, buildings. It's called small Mole, uh, S-M-O-L-M-O-L. It's cute. Um, <laughs> and we are not really going to cover it in this episode. It yeah. feels like something that's a little bit of an advanced tactic. Um, it's also something, it's not necessarily something uh, where... Players will never ever build buildings. Sometimes people transition into and out of a small mole style, mm-hmm. um, but we're not really going to cover it uh, for this episode. It seemed like not quite the right fit. I'm yeah. basically going to tell you how to play moles uh, one way. There are a couple different ways that people really like to play moles, but I'm trying to I'm going to try and tell you with this episode how to play moles the simplest way. Yeah, and it does involve placing. Buildings, right? So price yeah. of failure is something that we will worry about in this right.
0: episode, right? Yeah, the, the small mole is just designed to not have to ever worry about price of failure But comes with its own drawbacks that are just too too many things to talk about so let's get into their setup uh, They place their burrow near the map They place two warriors and one tunnel in the corner clearing opposite from the keep if there's no keep you choose whichever one you want birds take precedence basically you're the last one it's cats then birds then lizards so based on all the other big factions sometimes you're opposite of cats sometimes you pick between the other two or sometimes you're opposite of lizards is the is yeah the general pecking order yeah um, and it's interesting because
1: uh, I mean obviously if you're playing a four-player game and there's cats birds lizards and moles that's gonna be a weird game <laughs> for you and you're not gonna get a choose however uh, what this means is that there are maybe more situations for you. It's like you and Lizards are kind of tied for how often they get to pick their mm-hmm. corner. In and, and situations where you get to pick your corner, that's pretty great um, because we will, we will talk about eventually how the first three cards uh, you draw mm-hmm. and what clearings you start out in, which you're going to start out in uh, four most of the time, although three uh, in some uh, maps, like Mountain, kind of notably. You'd think Mountain would be really good for Uh, moles for some reason uh but they actually start with less it's kind of a bummer yeah um but uh it's very important what clearings you occupy and what cards you have in your hand that correspond to those clearings yeah um also uh it's worth noting you you start with 20 warriors in total with um you know six or eight of them already on the map at the beginning of the game right
0: Yeah. um, So then what do we have here on the front side of our thing? We've got uh, we have a couple different building types. Hunter, you already said we have six buildings, but we have two types. So we have three of each. First up are citadels. Uh, Citadels are how we get more moles. We'll talk about more in a minute, but uh, you get a certain amount of moles at the start of your bird song, depending on how many citadels are on the map. So it's you can have you can either at the start of every turn get one, two, four or six moles at the in your burrow at the start of each turn and that is determined by how many citadels you have now we we just mentioned you have 20 total so getting up to that six duchy warriors placed in your burrow at the start of every single turn that's like almost a third of your total warrior count which feels like maybe a bit overkill um and that citadels may not end up being our focus
1: yeah it it might not make sense as to why that would be overkill just with that on its own Uh um but when we get to daylight we'll talk about how um you actually can recruit as an action and you recruit not like how cats recruit you just kind of you spend an action to get a mole um which gives you a lot of nice versatility uh you don't a la um otters have a way to get cards easily um uh, which is what the other building markets will cover um, so I would say one one mistake, if we want to talk about an early pitfall at this point in the episode, is if you overemphasize citadels, you might end up wasting a lot of potential energy. Basically, so between the two, I like the other building better. However, it doesn't mean that I don't like citadels at all. Yeah. Um, starting with uh, a citadel at the very beginning of the game is, I think, not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea to get more moles out. It's a bad idea to rush for all three citadels on the map and so we're getting six warriors on the map every round but we already started with eight and we only have 20 total so very quickly (laughs) we're gonna let's do that
0: math real quick what is that three turns by third turn we're just wasting energy basically um so the alternative is is our markets and these per market you get an extra card draw so um, duchy notably can get up to four cards per turn which is more than some factions some factions are maxed out at three cards per turn mm-hmm. and they can get four cards per turn of their own drawing potential um, so and and we'll talk a lot about cards today but that card draw is is certainly more important than the ability to get moles because we have, like Hunter just said, we have another ability to get moles. Um, let's talk about the other big kind of mechanic of these moles, which is our ministers. We we have nine, we start the game with nine unswayed ministers. Uh, and they are kind of specific characters that in our daylight provide us with additional actions. Yes. Our ministers
1: are um, how we like expand our action economy. Um, because when we get to it, you'll you'll find out that we actually start with a really uh, poor action acom- economy. The worst in the
0: game for our first turn the is the worst first turn you can have. That's
1: fair uh, and and correct, I think. Um, uh, there there are these cute little cards. They have um, really great uh, art on all of them. Um, there are three levels of of minister. Uh, there are nine ministers in total, uh, and we have three ministers in each level. We have squires. Um, which are the lowest level minister and their crowns are worth one victory point. What do I mean by a crown? So we have nine crowns, <laughs> each one corresponding to a minister. And when we sway a minister, we get a crown and that crown is worth victory points. Notably the minister card itself is not the thing worth the victory points. Right. This might seem like weird information to throw at you at this point, And it's because this is the weirdest thing about The moles, if you're just looking at their board. So we get a crown, we score some victory points. We could be, because of price of failure, we could be in a situation where we are having to re-sway a mole because you lose your highest ranking mole when you suffer price of failure. You also you also get rid of the crown. The crown goes away. So if I sway three squires, each of their crowns is worth one victory point. But then I suffer price of failure and I need to resway one of them. I do not get an additional victory point because that crown
0: is gone. Right. That's But you that's can the resway. You could it. keep reswaying the same minister over and over and letting it die and reswaying and losing it. It's just that it's never worth points ever again. Exactly. Okay. The crowns are
1: only tied to the level of minister that you're swaying, not specific ministers. You could sway the marshal three times and, and get three crowns Yeah. Uh, now you'd have to suffer price of failure in order three to times. have to resway them so <laughs> that's a bad times. situation but yeah but that's the way you should think about it it's a little weird to explain in podcast form if you have it in front of you it makes perfect sense but i think the easiest way for me to explain it is the victory points are tied to the crowns not necessarily just the cards yeah. themselves so each- um, so what are the other two levels we have yeah. nobles which are worth two um victory points for each crown and lords that are worth three victory points for each each crown so obviously we've got three levels and they each get better they also uh cost more in order to sway and how do you do that how do you sway well at a point in your daylight phase on every turn you'll have an opportunity to sway one new minister by revealing a card matching a clearing that has any of your duchy pieces rule Is not a factor because remember rule only applies to cats that's the only reason that rule exists (laughs) it
0: it somewhat applies to this is our final faction to realistically clever and i hope we have driven home the point that every single other faction in this game has some sort of way to get around rule or a a reason to not care about rule and cats are the only one where rule inhibits all aspects of their game As
1: some kind of weird joke, Cole and Patrick (laughs) sat down to design their board game. And one of the first rules they came up with is a rule they called rule. And then to make themselves laugh, presumably, they decided to have a million exceptions to the rule that's called rule. Uh, And it is definitely... At this point, it must be a joke. It, yeah. it, I have decided it is some sort of In joke. In
0: every game of root, you are forced to all be rule lawyers. Rule rule rules lawyers. And everybody has to figure yes. out how to get around all this. Okay, so we so so this 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 ruling doesn't matter for swaying these ministers. How much does it cost? Um so for each level, uh it costs one more card. So squires
1: cost two revealed cards, uh, nobles cost three revealed cards and Lords uh, you have to reveal four cards. I want to do a quick review real quick of uh, some terms that we've talked about uh, in the past Mm -hmm. uh, that it would be just good to reiterate here. So there's a difference between the idea of spending a card and revealing a card. If you reveal a card that means you must show it face up to the other players but you will get to return it to your hand at some other step in your turn. If you spend a card that means you are discarding the card. We have Actions we're going to talk about today with the moles that involve spending and revealing. And the difference is very important to
0: note. Yeah. So Um, so as we get these uh, ministers, we we start the game with very few actions, but every minister is tied to new actions that we unlock throughout the game. You can think of it like the Eerie Dynasties adding cards to their decree to up their amount of actions. But in Duchy's case, it is very specific actions that we are allowed to take each turn. Uh per minister so our squire level ministers which granted us one victory point and cost us two cards to get i want to stop you right there
1: so um i'm going to make a mid episode edit to the script uh let's go into the bird song and the daylight and then then after i've told you what you get to do for free in your daylight phase let's talk about what all the ministers actually do for you so just hold ministers
0: in your mind for just a sec okay so then let's get into our bird song. Bird song's very, very, very simple. We basically already covered it. You place one warrior in the burrow plus one warrior per little mole symbol showing. And that's where those citadels come in. Right. So if you have one citadel. Right. You actually place two moles in the burrow. Two citadels is four moles in the burrow. Three citadels is six moles in the burrow. Three
1: citadels is too many moles in the burrow.
0: Yes. As, and that's, that's, that's even that's our two citadels tank. is at a certain point, you're still kind of like, oh, this could sometimes be too much. The one citadel is, like, guaranteed, yep, that's safe and good. We've doubled the amount of moles we need. It is a choice you need to make to decide whether or not to go up to two. It is kind of not a choice if you need to go up to three, except for one of your lords that we'll talk about later. But, yes. but suffice it to say, one or two citadels is going to be fine. Um, and and that's, that's where we get all, which means most of our recruitment or all of our recruitment is off the board in the borough. Mm -hmm. Um, so what what happens then in our daylight
1: so in daylight we get two actions only two uh and there these are a lot of interesting actions but you only get to do two of them um your first option is build reveal a card to place a building in a matching clearing you rule so there is a point where rule doesn't matter for Mm -hmm. for duchy um it's in building notably there is a minister that will allow you to bypass that rule, which is funny. <laughs> um next action is pretty straightforward. It's move. Um third action is recruit. Uh you as an action can place one warrior in the borough, um, which is another reason that that citadels are kind of a uh something that you can kind of get around uh focusing in. Um uh the next option is battle, pretty straightforward. Uh, your last daylight action option is this is probably the most important one this is dig spend a card to place a tunnel in a matching clearing with no tunnel then move up to four warriors from the burrow into that clearing Uh, you can move a tunnel if they are they are all already on the map so that's pretty cool we're spending a card which eventually you'll realize we don't love it when we have to spend cards Mm -hmm. as as the moles we would love to just keep them all on our hand forever Um, but we get to place a tunnel, and then also we're getting a a free action of movement for up to four uh warriors, which is uh pretty cool and also pretty necessary for uh it to work, really. If it was like you have to dig and then use your second action to move every time digging would basically be yeah uh
0: silly and almost useless. This is the mole's scariest threat, right? Is the idea that whenever they want to. Moles can just drop in on somebody else, drop yes. in on their stuff. And, and it's worth noting. I mean, you can do dig and then Hunter just said it would be annoying if we had to dig and then move. You can still dig and move. So if you for some reason have like eight moles mm-hmm. in the burrow, which mm-hmm. probably shouldn't happen that often, but certainly can. Um, if you have like eight moles in the burrow, you can dig and then move the other four out and drop eight moles into a new clearing uh, and like completely decimate like an eerie roost or something like that. Yes, yes, totally. Totally. Um, so what happens
1: next so next after after we have we have these options notably notably some of these options that i just listed uh like dig uh recruit uh these are not things that we can do in the next phase because there are no ministers that correspond to them but the next thing that we do in daylight is we may take the action of each swayed minister one time um now, before before we get into the minister overhaul, where we talk about only the ministers, I want to mention that after we take all of these swayed minister actions, the next thing that we do in our daylight phase is we reveal cards in order to sway a minister. You may only reveal cards in that match clearings that have any duchy pieces, one card per clearing. So there's this kind of need for the duchy to have presence in specific clearings but it doesn't have to be anything specific it can be just one lone mole just hanging out there so that we can then reveal a card to say ha i've got a mole there and here's this and it's in a fox clearing here's my fox card and so now i can use that card in order to sway a minister but now i think because we've covered the daylight actions i think we should get into what are these ministers and what can they do
0: yeah Okay, so our base level ones, the ones that are very easy to get, we only need to be in two clearings that we have matching cards for, which is, like, kind of just a no-brainer. You're able to do you'll, it. You'll uh, start that way, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll start that way. Yeah, so turn one, you should easily be able to sway uh, any squire. Uh, whether or not that's what we're going to recommend, we'll get to it. But um, your, your squire can be marshal, who allows you to take a move. So we have boosted our two actions up to three. Or our captain, who allows you to take a battle. Um, Or the third one, which is kind of the interesting one, is your formal, which allows you to reveal a card to place a building in any clearing that you rule. Uh, It does not have to match the clearing. So whereas with uh, building, you have to reveal a matching card, with the formal, it it can be any card that you reveal and you get to put a building there. Yeah, and also I think I messed that up when we were talking about Daylight Actions
1: when I was referencing uh, this card. Uh, it doesn't let you get past the rule aspect, it only lets you get past the ma- The card having to match. So I would say of these three, um, the most important, the one that that should be kind of at the top of your list, at least in the early game, is the Martial. Yeah. Um, as we kind of bring this guide together, we're definitely going to be emphasizing the need to move around but maybe it already makes sense to you why you would need to be able to move around plenty as the moles because in order to sway we need to have presence and various clearings the more movement we have the more we w- we are able to um kind of adjust our plan and say hey you know what i need to move this little guy over here so that i can sway with this uh one card yeah so marshall's important captain obviously isn't nothing to you know it's nothing to scoff at um but we are not the most we're not the most offensive faction in the world, although in any game of root, uh, if it comes down to the wire, you might have to attack people anyway. So the yeah. so the captain's not useless. Um, the other one that I would say of these three that is worth thinking about in the early game is the four mole, and I feel like the four mole kind of only exists as like a get out of jail free card. Yeah, and right. and why why do I even say that? So eventually, as we go forward, I'm going to talk about the idea of not wanting to spread out our buildings because every time we have a building somewhere, that means it can potentially suffer the price of failure. So we want to put our buildings in strategic uh, places. And if we start with a really bad hand, formal will allow us to place a building in spite of our card not matching the clearing that we really want it to have. What kind of clearings do we want to place buildings in? I would say clearings with two building slots are ideal um we do not want to have to just place a single building in in the one uh
0: slot yeah. all right that's
1: uh, what next i have to up, say about squires
0: next up is our noble tier so these cost three cards uh i mean we start the game with three cards so there's always a chance we can get a noble turn one um so what do our nobles do well when you when you put them out you get two victory points and we have the banker who allows you to spend cards of matching suits Um, for an equal amount of VPs, right? So you can spend three Fox cards and get three points. So like a weird little uh, point generator, but it's spend. So everything else in our kind of system has to do with revealing cards. Anytime we spend cards that is taking away (laughs) cards that will get us more ministers or more actions or whatever. So Banker is like a, feels like a late game point swing thing. We're burning off the last of our cards to like finish out the points that we want kind of thing.
1: Yes, if we are, if we're spending cards, then those are cards that we can't um, use for revealing in order to get more ministers. Because remember, the step that this happens, all these all these minister actions happen right before we can
0: sway additional uh, an additional minister. Yeah. So let's so that's so the bankers, whoever. Let's get to the meat meat and potatoes of our nobles. Who first up is the brigadier, who we will often and constantly affectionately refer to as Bridget. She is yes. a she's a tough old broad. She can take up to two moves or two battles. You can't split. Yeah. You don't do one move in one battle. If no. you do two moves, you do two moves. You can do one move, whatever. Uh, or you do two battles. So right. Bridget Bridget can either run real fast or punch real hard. Yes. Uh, Bridget is the cornerstone of this entire
1: episode. It's uh, Bridget <laughs> is what what your strategy is really going to revolve around uh she is the most bang for your buck as far as getting your action economy online and uh in what's so great about her versatility wise is that i oftentimes find that the two battles fairly useless in the early game there's rarely going to be Mm -hmm. uh, unless we're playing with woodland alliance and they're just getting up in our grill which sucks by the way um honestly dutchy has like we'll get to it but dutchy has like just some some problems not necessarily with um like like more with specific faction matchups yeah. than than anything to do with themselves they're yeah, just there some are factions hard that just counters like really annoying. dutchy yeah but in uh in that situation i guess bridget could be used for battling early but um In the late game, you'll often find that all of a sudden Bridget is all about battles because we're all about stopping somebody else in the late game or maybe just picking up some extra points via battles. But mostly in the early game, it's about the fact that we're getting extra movement out of
0: uh, Bridget. And yeah, she's the best. Uh, And our final noble is the mayor who, guess what, turns out Bridget is a sister. Rock on! The mayor gets to take the action of any suede, noble, or squire. And the thing I see people mess up all the time, and I did it myself too in early games, is you try to use it on a lord. You cannot use the mayor on the three that we haven't talked about yet. But any other action we've talked about so far, the mayor can copy and also do, which means you can do four moves, or two moves, and then two battles with the mayor, or four battles, or whatever. There's the, the mayor takes bridget's awesomeness and doubles it yeah they have a real
1: uh i imagine it being kind of like an adam west batman kind of situation where the mayor uh is kind of just calling in bridget there's like a bridget signal (laughs) and because the mayor works for the city government they have like more versatility because of that that in that bridget now has um with the mayor uh so yeah it's 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 obviously most attractive to use it on bridget uh and that's that's How you're going to see it used most of the time, yeah. But obviously, uh, you can y- there's some versatility here. We can use uh, the mayor on the formal and make up for a lot of lost buildings if we had some lords go down via price of failure or something mm-hmm. like that. That there's um, a situation where we can double banker for suddenly spending every single card, i guess, yeah. in our hand if for it's like for six the win at the end or the something, mayor yeah. Just gave you the win. I mean, it, it definitely happens, yeah. So the mayor has a lot of uh, versatility
0: but uh it's really about that that double bridget combo yeah. essentially yeah. if anything i would i would put forward the argument that the banker is a fun and good ability but the banker's presence exists to suffer the price of failure so that you don't lose the brigadier or the mayor <laughs> like you want three nobles out and then if you lose if you don't have any lords out you take a hit on a building that you didn't mean to, but oh, it's okay. I can kill the banker and I don't have to lose all of my crazy action economy that Bridget and the mayor give me.
1: Yeah. So, well, so to talk about that idea in a little more detail. So the price of failure, you always lose your high, one of your highest ranking yep. ministers. I would say though, because of how it's set up, we're about to talk about the lords in just a second. Right. Um, the lords are really ideal for taking those hits. Because, generally, you're only going to really want to sway one of them in yeah. most games. There's going to be one you specifically target, and then the other two um, are kind of useless. Yeah. So, in my ideal game, I have some nobles, I maybe have a squire, and then I, I have a lord that I'm then maybe suffering price of failure for, and I just resway that lord three yeah. times, essentially.
0: Right. Um, so, our three available lords are, first up, the Duchess of Mud, and the Duchess of Mud's ability is to gain two victory points if you have all three of your tunnels on the map. So, there's no amount to gain up to if you only have two tunnels. Duchess of Mud does literally nothing. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you, part of your two actions, you can, you can dig uh, to make sure this happens before you get into doing your... Uh, minister actions, but yeah, the, the Duchess of Mud is just maybe two victory points per round, which, I mean, that's not nothing. Um, but I think people get a little bit more jazzed up, generally, about these next two who are the Baron of Dirt who gets you one victory point per market that you have on the map, mm-hmm. or the Earl of Stone who is one victory point per citadel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the the Barons are a little more versatile than the Duchess. Um, I often feel like I I play a more I want to have all three of my markets out right so for me most of the time it's going to be Baron of Dirt and then Duchess of Mud as the supplemental extra one uh, and not worrying about the Earl of Stone but if you find you're in a meat grinder of a game and you've gone all Citadels uh, then obviously you're going to sub in uh, Earl of Stone. But I, I wouldn't say there's a lot of situations where Duchess of Mud feels like the right one to do first. Right. I don't know. It seems like a little bit of a waste because with the Barons, you're likely going to get two VPs anyways, even if you don't get all three. Right. Um, whereas Duchess Mud tops out at three and is kind of easily stopped. Yeah. Uh, if someone's like, I want to make sure that they don't get those two VPs. All I have to do is kill a single. 12. Well, it's it's more like... I guess it's a little more secure than that i don't want to make it sound like it's uh super flimsy because as we've said you get to dig before this happens yeah so if they kill a single tunnel all you have to do is redig it if they kill two tunnels then you'd have to redig twice right they kill all three tunnels then there's no way to recover from that but yeah. whatever
0: yeah i mean in a, in a small mole situation that we're not digging into i mean i guess that's when duchess of mud maybe comes to shine yes. because the other two rely on buildings and at that point there is literally no purpose in, in swaying the lords, except for their point value alone. Um, yes. So, I, I don't know. That, that's sort of where Small Mole gets weird for me, is, like, understanding how the role uh, the, 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 the lords play into it. But let's get into our evening to round things off. So, we've, we've done all of those actions. We did two actions, and then we did the actions of all of our swayed ministers, and then we got to sway one single new minister, and that sends us to our evening, uh, where we discard any revealed bird cards. So, Oof. throughout that daylight, we were revealing some cards. The foxes, the rabbits, uh, and the mouse cards are all going to return to our hand, but the bird cards that we revealed to do stuff, those are gone. Those were discarded.
1: Yeah, yeah it's kind of a double-edged sword uh, with the bird cards in that in the turn that you have them. Uh, it's nice because it doesn't matter, you know, obviously they're wild, so I can spend them on any any old clearing will do, uh, but... They don't help with my ongoing card tempo. Yep. Uh, and in a, in a situation where, let's say you start with two bird cards as duchy, that's kind of a bummer uh, yeah. to, to, to suffer that much uh, card tempo on your opening turn uh, if, the, if that's how it's going to go down. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You just have to be a little careful. But the coolest thing here is that at the very beginning our, of our evening, all the other cards return to our hand, and then we craft yeah. using buildings. So yeah, and it's that's any old building. Great.
0: Your your markets yeah. or your citadels can be used for craftables. So that means you know you have six total buildings. So you can you know kind of on your own strategize where those are going to end up. But you aren't uh you you, you aren't like cats right or eerie where they craft at the beginning of your turn. You craft at the end of your turn. So you could build new buildings this turn that you then immediately use to craft stuff. So this is what makes Duchy really, really good at crafting, because they, they don't have to have any level of investment for one whole turn to make that crafting happen. You could put two buildings down uh and put them both in Fox and then craft yourself that brutal tactics you're holding on to or whatever. Right. Like the, right. You, you have all of this versatility in how how you are able to craft.
1: Yeah, and I mean what? That's pretty much it. And then after that you draw one plus one. For each market and you discard down to
0: five yep and that's a that's a duchy turn yep. welcome it's a lot it's it's a lot that ends up happening by the end game um especially once you have like many swayed ministers uh, out on the board you, you end up taking these huge swaths of turns um we are going to take a quick little break but when we come back hunter uh you're gonna give me some how we how we get this ball rolling with the duchy We're back to the show <laughs> with high energy and lots of things to discuss yeah a lot of things to discuss
1: uh so this is our opening ideas uh, portion of the show we're gonna we're gonna do some uh some fusing of all the information <laughs> we gave you in the first half and some synthesis is mm-hmm, what i'm trying uh-huh, to say uh-huh. um so how do we how do we do this how do we start off being this like i'll say this the start as dutchy is not my favorite part yep uh well actually in some ways it is i like i like i like having a simple puzzle to solve um and we are we are kind of a slow start faction that sort of snowballs uh if we know how to get our engine going good right um and how do we do that how do we get our engine going good um well let's talk about bridget more we haven't talked about bridget enough uh <laughs> can't ever she is talk the workhorse she's a horse okay <laughs> of she is a workhorse and she's the the bell of the ball um She's the workhorse of your early game as she will allow you to fix your broken, bad action economy Mm -hmm. as soon as she is swayed. So swaying her round one is always, to me, a good idea if possible. You won't won't always be able to do it, but it's a good thing to do. Uh, She is worth two victory, victory points upon swaying and will allow us to take two battles or two moves every turn. In the early game, we will mostly focus on movement with two explicit goals. First goal, protect our buildings. We favor clearings with at least two building slots as the more buildings we have spread out, the more we are at risk for price of failure. Uh, Our second goal is to sway more ministers. Sway, sway, sway. Okay. (laughs) Since all we have to do in order to sway a minister is reveal a card matching a clearing we have a mole in, we can focus a majority of our moles on defense while sending out little emissary moles to help with swaying ministers. So we kind of gather our moles around our buildings that we want to have focused in as few clearings as possible. Yeah. And as long as we rule those two clearings, we'll always be able to send a mole to another clearing in order to help uh with the swaying and even in the worst case scenario where we can't get to a clearing we need to get to, uh that's not actually a problem because we can drop a tunnel
0: right so um, with, with three cards in our opening hand it feels pretty likely actually that we can get bridget out because we start in three or four clearings and all of those clearings are adjacent to other clearings so our first yes. two actions can be moving into adjacent clearings with the sole purpose of swaying bridget is that is that more or less like the if if all else fails is that what you're doing turn one is like throw two moles out into the other clearings you need to be able to sway the extra minister well well in that way we need to keep in mind of both
1: of our goals it, mm-hmm. it's we want to eventually have buildings and we want to be able to protect them so the more we spread out in that first turn the more actions we're gonna have to spend in the future in order to fix that right in a sort of regather. yeah so i will say in a situation where uh Bridget is not easily swayed, it might be better to to pass on it and instead build and go ahead and start yeah. uh, focusing in on one uh, specific clearing. And maybe sway um, Marshall instead for that turn just to go ahead and get the totally, move
0: out there. Okay.
1: Totally. So, I mean, so uh, to talk about problems, uh, since we can only re- reveal one card per clearing uh, that we have pieces in and we need to reveal three cards on turn one if we want to sway Bridget... That means we need to have cards that match our starting clearings, uh, which means in situations where we get to choose our starting quarter, I recommend we factor this in and choose a corner that corresponds to our starting hand. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of relates back to when we were talking about setup. but here's here's our first turn uh, action ideas. I'm just gonna give you two. There's a lot there's a lot of different ways to play moles, and I'm giving you a really kind of focused uh, no frills kind of way of going at it. but uh, so, We either do uh, the Bridget sway turn one. In this situation, all three of the cards in our hand are going to be used for Bridget. So we can't build, we can't dig. So I suggest we either use both actions to either uh, recruit and move or just move twice in order to start gathering moles in a clearing that we will later build in. Remember to leave moles behind in the necessary clearings uh, for the sway. Um, The other option, and this is for if uh, Bridget is too difficult to sway or impossible in some cases to sway. Um, we build turn one. So in this opener, you'll use, uh, one action to build either a citadel or a market either works for me, but if your opening hand is bad, I think it should be, um, a market, mm-hmm. uh, because we're going to need to go ahead and get our card draw going in order to fix that bad hand. That makes, sense. uh, your second action should probably be move in order to make your new market more defendable. Uh, for swaying in this situation, I suggest uh, the marshal over any of the other two uh, as movement
0: is uh, probably obvious, like kind of too obviously yeah. important at this point. So, uh, yeah, um, I, I had an interest in my own head of like getting that first Citadel out and then maybe never returning to it. But it kind of makes sense why you would you would if I can't do the Bridget sway, I need to get to the Bridget sway, which means I need more cards, which means I have to do market first, just like yeah. straight up and down
1: yeah i i i think um i think the market opening is the safer i think the uh having one citadel in the early game can be a little bit of a luxury but if we're talking about a meat grinder situation where we've got you know where it's cats birds uh lizards and you yeah uh then maybe we go ahead and get that citadel out there because yeah this is gonna having something be defendable in a situation like that means We just got to have a lot of moles. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, And also like in a situation where we've got birds and cats to deal with and and lizards even going around mucking things up or birds, cats, uh, river folk, that whole problem we talked about before about how there's like 20 moles uh, and Citadel allows you to get, if anything, too many moles out there. I feel like that problem is mitigated a little bit if uh, we have a lot of reasons to maybe... uh, (laughs) Fight because there's just a lot of other uh, fighty factions on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, but yeah, so that's 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 our opening ideas and kind of opening uh, problems. Yeah. Um. It is now time uh, for the most important part of the show, which is, of course, what is it?
0: Damn! Oh, it's Crafty Corner. Come on down and have a good time with us, cause it's time for Crafty Corner. Oh yeah. <laughs> crafty Corner. Hello. Yeah, so we're we're good at crafting. We're, yeah. we're
1: we we like Crafty Corner,
0: right? Yeah, we're, we dig it. We talked about it earlier with the idea that you craft after you build the things that you craft out of, which means you have this innate within your own turn you can make it work, right? If you already mm-hmm. have one rabbit building, and then you draw a, a coin at the end of your last turn, you can go into this turn going, "Hey, if I get another rabbit building." I'm going to get that coin no problem at the end of the turn. Not right. going to be a big deal at all. So so on that end, crafting rules, uh, we can do that with more or less any items. Um, I I feel like I personally see lots of duchy end up with lots of items uh, throughout the game. So not mm-hmm. only do you have 18 points on your board, you have access to lots of the other extra uh, points available in the deck very right. easily. Right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not really... I I would say our only drawback is that uh, we don't have that many crafting pieces like total and yeah, in total we've got six total um, which actually isn't really that low, but the fact that each one of those makes us vulnerable uh, I feel like is a reason to not just like, we don't just frivolously build buildings all the time. And the idea of building a building uh, as moles only to craft like one card Mm-hmm. Uh, It better it better be a pretty good one. Yeah, or you know? better be
0: able to to lock that slot down, right? You better be able to yeah. defend it. So the idea of putting all six of our buildings down seems scary. So what are we more leaning into so that we to to frame what we prioritize crafting? How many crafting slots and where are they? Should we kind of be be keeping an eye out for?
1: Yeah, yeah. So so for base deck uh one of the more obvious ones, although this also applies to exiles too is uh is having two uh two buildings in bunny mm-hmm. and and it we want it to be one clearing with two slots and right. it's a bunny or sorry a rabbit slot or a rabbit clearing um which is good for a lot of obvious ways uh matt you you correctly pointed out that after rabbit it's kind of two in fox as well so a kind of situation where we end up with like four buildings in total three of those being markets one of them being a citadel is kind of my ideal setup More based in a uh and this we're talking base deck here yeah um a rabbit clearing with two slots and a fox clearing with two slots if we can make that happen which you you won't this isn't like oh well it's got to be that and anything else sure. is bad that's not true that's not, it's not that strict but that's kind of a, in a world without wind resistance type physics problem yeah. where it's like, if we just get it the
0: best way in my head, I'm like, I I like that, to be honest. Well, well, and also it's setting up a, a realistic expectation for what you can hold, right? So the idea yeah. of putting... Having three total clearings, like a mouse, a rabbit, and a fox clearing, and holding all three of those equally with your 20 forces, one of those is going to be weaker, and one of those is going to be able to be stopped, whereas just holding two big ones and occasionally throwing out the other moles you have to do to do the other work you have to do for your turns to work, securing two total spots makes sense, and and trying to get those with multiple building slots so that you're actually taking advantage of the crafting is a big deal. So yeah, let's, let's go down the list of base game abilities and see Mm -hmm. what 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 you like what you don't like hunter i'm just gonna run through them um royal claim it's a bird card four of any clearing and we just said you know we're kind of aiming for maybe getting four buildings out ish um and royal claim in birdsong you may discard this to score one point per clearing that you rule what do we think yeah
1: so uh it's it's uh i i don't know I, i i wouldn't I wouldn't prioritize it, um, but uh, it's doable. Um, We just kind of made a really good argument for Dutchie probably only ruling in like two clearings. Yeah. Uh, But we could be uh, in a matchup where it's pretty easy to get some extra rule. Um, And we also, if we've had a good, good day and we've got Bridget and her sister and Marshall, 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 we could have a crazy amount of movement. So we could have this card and be like, you know what? I can actually spend this for the points. Yeah. So I would I would classify it as doable, uh, but not super exciting. It's never really been that exciting for anybody, yeah. but
0: It's more uh, doable I, for Duchy than it is for someone like Cass yes. or Eerie or anyone else. I mean Eerie's not too bad at it, but a lot of factions have trouble with this one and and Duchy can get at least something out of it. Yeah yeah I agree next up is code Breakers. it is a mouse suit it requires one mouse crafter uh, and once in daylight you may look at another player's hand we have routinely not been especially impressed with this one um, any special mentions for Dutchie or is it the is it is it yep you can look at somebody else's hand I think it's about on the level that it is it
1: always is I can't really think of anything special to say except for maybe the idea that um, because uh, we've got these 20 moles and we want them to be mostly defensive in those situations where we want to be aggressive, it would be great to be able to confirm that there is not an ambush in the hand of the person that we are about to attack, right. which is essentially to me the only value
0: that it has anyways. So yeah, nothing special to say, it's it's fine. What's fun to note about code breakers is in the reverse situation, uh, nobody cares about using code breakers on you <laughs> because yes. you reveal your hand every single turn. Uh, Next up is cobbler. It is a rabbit suit. It requires two rabbits. So similar to our coins. Uh, And at the start of evening, you may take a move. Yeah. So moving at the start of
1: evening is a uh, interesting, I'll say, uh, timing for uh, this ability for Duchy because we get to move after swaying. So if we have that one goofy little mole that we sent to X clearing just for the sway, they can now move back and not just get easily picked off. They can move back into the the giant uh, defensive stance group right. of uh, moles that we have around um, our buildings. Uh, and I would say in general, more movement uh, is good. We obviously have a way to kind of solve move it movement for ourselves, though. Um, so I would say this is a little a little less interesting. Maybe a little better in the early game. Um, or if, I don't know, you're having some sort of problem with
0: suffering lots of price of failure. Yeah. But I like um, that idea of it being an inherently defensive maneuver for our for our purposes, spread mm-hmm. out too far, get the sway you needed to pull off, and you didn't have to and stay retreat. spread out and retreat. You're, you're going to be okay. This gives you safety you otherwise didn't have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is Stand and Deliver. It's a fox card. It's three mouse clearings, uh, stand, or three mouse crafters, I should say, in birdsong. You may take a random card from another player. That player scores one point. Yeah, extra cards.
1: Good, 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 good. Yep. This is this is what we're we're not. You know, some other some factions when we talk about base deck, it's clearly all about um, getting the the movement, getting the the extra uh, actions, yeah. essentially. Uh, and with Dushi, I think your your main focus, at least when we're talking about base deck, is craftable points and extra cards yeah so yes stand to deliver yes
0: the the difficulty with this one is that three mouse crafter requirement um Mm -hmm. in most situations it requires two mouse clearings except for what there's one clearing on the autumn map that's three mouse so if you have that one as the duchy rock on this is going to be you're going to be able to put a huge stack of warriors there protect all three of those mouse clearings get this get extra cards per turn that's like a big big momentum thing but in games hunter where you have to split this across two mouse clearings it i mean is that a goal or is that a like if you gotta use it otherwise don't go out of your way um if i started the game
1: with this in my hand knowing like oh this is going to help me get Uh, my card draw going Mm -hmm. i would maybe say okay we're gonna we're gonna focus on two mouse clearings um, because i'm gonna be able to get max value out of this i don't know if it really is worth picking up
0: under other considerations yeah. definitely not worth picking
1: up late yeah
0: no um speaking of triple we've got all the favor cards so if we had stand and deliver and we were in three mouse clearings we have access to favor of the mice um mm-hmm. but then there's the other two as well I-, I guess in general how do we feel about favor cards you're not uh, especially let me read the good text. At... sorry the favor oh yeah remove all enemy pieces in mouse clearings and discard this is the big nuke you drop um yes. on all the other players
1: we're not especially good at pulling it off um but even if if you can sneak it that uh it's pretty cool but and 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 you can sort of sneak it because since you build in daylight and you craft in the evening you can go from having two crafting pieces in one suit to suddenly picking up a third and then doing it the problem is that you reveal your cards so people know if you have it which means they're going to kind of react and possibly try and get around it um which is not good uh, you could also try and keep it hidden, but that's tricky, especially if we're talking about in the early game. Uh, you won't that that is not worth it, in right. my opinion, right? Uh, to do,
0: yeah. In, so in I don't know base deck situations for other factions. You see someone build a third crafter in the same suit, and everyone goes, "Goop, that's a problem. Get them out. That's a favor card coming with Duchy." They don't even have to have a question mark. They know they've right. seen your favor card revealed three times throughout the game. They know what's coming. They find other ways to deal with it. They start attacking you early on. If anything, if, you, if you're revealing a favor card, I, I would say there's an argument to very much make it obvious that you aren't going for that favor card yeah. so that people don't attack your stuff for fear of the favor right if i just keep showing my my favor of the mice and i focus on rabbit clearing buildings then people are gonna be like okay that favor isn't a problem it's okay to stay in their hand we don't have to go jump on these rabbit clearings um with everything we've got favors weird to
1: talk about in general on this podcast because uh it's such an opportunity type card where it's sometimes it's just not automatically good ever really for anyone right however there are games where you're gonna get you know a crazy amount of points off yeah. of using it so <laughs> i i think it's worth just noting that moles can you know kind of more easily pivot into it than maybe other people can in right. spite of the fact that a lot of times it's a shot that people are going to see that you can take yeah
0: yeah uh next up is better burrow bank it's a rabbit card requires two rabbit clearings at the start of bird song you and another player draw a card Yep, good. Cards, 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 <laughs> cards. It's good. Yeah. Uh, tax collector is a fox card, you need one of each, which we already have kind of hinted is not an ideal situation. Yeah. Um, and once in daylight, you may remove one of your warriors to draw a card. So we like that. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. Um yeah, the
1: idea of you have to have buildings in three different clearings in order to score that. I'm gonna try I, I'll try and say what's the situation where that could be okay? Let's say you're on the winter map and yep. you have that top line, right? And you can easily That's protect a, the two in the middle, yeah, that makes something sense. like that, or or at least protect one clearing. You know what I mean? if you have a clearing where it's like like you don't actually have to have much stuff there or really anything there, and all you have to do is protect the other two clearings because it's completely blocked off. yep, sure, fine. You can then spread out to three clearings, and I don't feel like that is. A little risky
0: yeah um so that's problem with tax collector Uh, next up is Is. armorers these are bird cards we're getting into the stuff that uh as we were if we reveal these throughout our turn we lose them so these are not cards we get to keep playing and reusing and then eventually craft we will lose these if we uh ever use them in any other way that isn't crafting uh so Mm -hmm. uh armorers is a single fox crafter and is in battle you may discard this to ignore all rolls uh all rolled hits taken that's as an attacker or defender
1: yeah so um we're gonna talk about the the basically a trio of bird cards that all have similar type abilities but armorers is i think my favorite uh for duchy just i mean kind of for obvious reasons it's defensive um it, it it uh it if you're getting stomped on if it's like we're we're heading towards the end game and and this is going to be the difference between price of failure and no price of failure yeah, go for it, craft it. Um, otherwise, it's a bird card which carries all the bird card uh, feelings for Duchy, which is that it's versatile, but you're gonna lose it uh, in the early game. That versatility, you you have to just be like, no, 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 I I need to sway. So yeah. so this is gonna get this is gonna get spent. Um, but I think every once in a while this card is gonna uh,
0: have its day and and ha- be useful in a moment. Yeah. Next up is Sappers, which is also a bird card, but a mouse clearing, uh, and in battle as defender. You may discard this to deal an extra hit yeah
1: uh you discard it so uh this this is worth a hit on defense i don't think so i don't i don't yeah. think that's enough value that i can i can recommend that in a vacuum um so Almost yeah always your... gonna be
0: worth more swaying some minister for points yeah. or something like that
1: yeah, you might as well, uh, you know, uh, get this card and then, oh, I don't have to actually move to a weird clearing. I can just use this bird card and yeah, I'll lose it. But it's it's not like you get nothing out of that. I, I don't want to up talk the fact that bird cards go in the discard pile after being revealed because you're still getting something for it. Sure.
0: Uh, last of these bird cards is the the heavy hitter, Brutal Tactics, where you need two fox clearings in battle as an attacker. You may deal an extra hit, but the defender scores one point. Yeah, um, I I'm, I like a little better than
1: sappers, but I also don't like it near as much as armors. Yeah, um, I don't, you know, I think this is more of a called shot type card where you see a potential use for it and then yeah. craft it. Uh, and just one note I want to say about bird cards in general: um, in a in an optimal type situation, you almost use the bird cards more for the spend actions like dig mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that because they're going to get spent anyways. Right. Uh, and then use the rest of your cards to sway. So an optimal situation where you, you're you spending, you you know, you spend a card to build uh, in a matching clearing, uh, which is, is bird. So it can be any clearing that you rule uh, and then move your your people around so that you can use the rest of your cards to sway. That's really optimal use uh, when it comes to these bird cards. I feel like that's the only thing we've been talking about bird cards for a second. Yeah. So I was just trying to think of like, what's something more I can say about bird cards that would help
0: help you kind of craft a more optimal strategy and yeah. i think i think that makes sense uh our last two up here uh scouting party is a mouse card that requires two mouse crafters as attacker in battle you are not affected by ambush cards but we've been talking a lot about being on the defense more so than the offense
1: yeah sure but there, there still will be situations where uh your win will necessitate some offense as uh duchy uh and especially if it's like if this is a final turn so i, I often times find that on that last turn if Duchy is like okay i don't care about price of failure anymore because i'm trying to win on this turn right now right. then yeah scouting party might be uh an important card to
0: have it's fine i guess yeah. the, the, not, nothing gets super excited about sure. but it is it has its uses yeah uh, and then finally we have command warren it's a rabbit card two rabbit clearings or two rabbit crafters at the start of daylight start of daylight initiate a battle
1: yeah so the so the timing is not as good uh for duchy as i feel like it is for uh some other factions that we've talked about in previous episodes but um what's cool is maybe you could use it you know we've talked about having your little like dum dum moles just kind of sitting around in various places because they are just there to sway uh with command warren Uh, let's say the board state changes when it comes to your next turn all of a sudden that dum-dum is sitting there with like an unprotected sympathy or unprotected whatever something uh all of a sudden you get a a sort of cheap shot sudden like oh you know what that guy's gonna punch now that could be all right also defensively uh if you have somebody that's trying to slowly wear down your moles Mm -hmm. uh and then we get to this point where Uh, we have this enemy army sitting in our stuff and we want to get an extra punch could be useful there Um overall though not not as excited about it and I would say just to sum up base deck real quick It's really just about the extra cards and the crafting points right again
0: Well and, and so that if we're follow if we're letting the the crafting points Uh guide us, you know, obviously coins are always a big deal Anvil yes. is a pretty big deal and Swords are two points. The only thing notable from Mouse is the root T, but we haven't really liked anything in Mouse clearings whereas we don't mind Armorer's Brutal Tactics can have its place. So really your it feels like your goal as Duchy if you were able to choose, which often you aren't, but if you were able to choose it would be that two rabbits to reliably craft the big deal uh mm-hmm. items plus Command Warren and then two fox clearings for Armorer's Brutal Tactics anvils and swords is is yeah, like an well, ideal for, situation
1: yeah for rabbits it's about the the craftable items and then better burrow bank yes um maybe cobbler uh with command worn probably being my, my least favorite sure, of sure. those but yeah so i think it's it's rabbit uh t- two buildings in rabbit is great um probably gonna work out even if you don't have any uh, solid cards in your hand for it um two fox yeah i think is next place i don't think two mouse is that far below especially after having reviewed them all like this Mm -hmm. uh at this point um from everything else like it it really you know there's only one hammer or whatever and there's two root tees yeah Um, true. so so there is like kind of a give and take with it uh and yeah armor sappers and brutal tactics um, almost none of those really do anything for me yeah um so i would say it's rabbit with a clear first place Uh, And then Fox kind of there's a gap there between rabbit and Fox and then not much of a gap
0: between Fox and mouse But I'll give it to you that Fox is second place, right? Um, Okay, well, let's get into exiles and partisans deck uh, and we'll kind of keep an eye on the same ideas first up We've got coffin makers Two rabbits whenever and this is the big one that other factions we've been gaga over Uh, whenever any warriors would return to a supply, that means when they die or like when otters and corvids do all kinds of stuff, place them on this card instead at the start of Birdsong. You score one point per five warriors here, then return all warriors to their supplies. Yeah, so uh, good good
1: as it ever is, uh, but I don't feel like we have any uh, special considerations for it. The thing about Coffin Makers is sometimes it's good and doesn't have anything to do with what you're doing right it's just like the climate of what's going on that you know river folk are in the game yeah or whatever um so yes this is this is good uh i don't feel the need to say anything extra with it yeah. but hey actually that's a good errata uh, opportunity there so if anybody has any special considerations for coffin makers i can't come up with anything though yeah uh,
0: next up is Propaganda Bureau. It's a fox card, but it's three of any type. Uh, so we're probably going to get three buildings. So this seems like it's mm-hmm. at least doable. Once in daylight, you may spend a card ooh, to remove an enemy warrior from a matching clearing and place a warrior there.
1: Yeah, I don't like it. It's worth noting that we're getting a warrior wherever we want, I guess, which is... Well, it has a match to the card, uh, which actually it maybe makes us all what i'm about to say kind of silly but getting a warrior in a weird place and then having that be used to sway all right maybe we already have a way to do that though and it's called tunnels yeah um So we don't really yeah i i I don't think we really like the idea of spending cards and we don't really have much of a problem for
0: getting our moles into weird places we're sort of given a reason i I think you uh, just hit the uh, nail on the head which i just that's stealing something from uh, our friend murder she in his own podcast you hit the nail on the head there jake uh so uh the idea that we could spend that same card and dig a tunnel and send four there Rather than swapping one for one. So like net yeah. t- you net two warriors kind of, only end up with one. Or I could just send four warriors there, do a battle, and probably right. end up with more stuff there in the first place. So I yeah, probably yeah. in a row. Yeah. Not, not so good. Not great. Uh we've got the partisans cards. So depending on which one you're playing, it's it's a uh in that suit fox partisans mouse partisans rabbit partisans and in bottle in battle in fox clearings you may deal one extra hit then discard all your cards except for foxes yeah so um partisans are
1: always good in a pinch but that downside hurts us a lot yeah Uh, it hurts most people a lot but it hurts us a lot um and so you got to watch out for that downside so i would say this goes from being something you want to build a strategy around to being something uh, that... Oh, whoops. Oh, never mind. Actually, partisans' Rules for Dutchie. I, for, I almost forgot. Uh, so the, the thing about... The, the thing about um, partisans, The note for Dutchie is that any cards that we may have revealed already, which oh, is not... Dear. We don't have a whole lot of opportunities to reveal... We do have some. If we're going to build a building, we can kind of juke around wow. partisans just a little bit. Not a crazy amount because it's only build that will have happened at this point and we don't like building
0: frivolously. But I got to note it, okay? So So what you're um, saying, what you're saying is revealed cards don't get discarded from Fox partisans. Yeah, I can I, do yes. all my other stuff first, then save my battles and then in my battle play Fox partisans have no cards left in my hand they're all sitting on the table and i can just well, pop the partisans card
1: no you can't you you so so the only the only things you could reveal before your battles are revealing cards or buildings uh building uh which you could do uh you could do twice okay. or if you have four mole you could reveal even more so it still now, hurts our a lot swaying. of buildings. it still hurts yes. our swaying yes. yes it hurts it hurts the sway okay um but it's it's one of those things where I, I all I'm really trying to tell you is not to rate the card in general because mm-hmm. that's hard to do because that involves knowing the specific situation you're in. But all I'm really trying to tell you is what are the specific two Dutchy things that I need to remember when it comes yep. to this card. Right. So I would say overall, with even everything I just said, uh, it's still probably going to hurt you too much in most situations. But that's, that that's would be trick. how you would get around
0: it. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up is informants. Two fox crafters in evening. If you would draw cards, you may instead take one ambush card from the discard pile. So we, we don't get to do our card draw, but we drew all of our cards back into our hand. So sometimes that's not the big deal. So so really this comes down to, do we like drawing ambushes from the pile? And is there special mention for Duchy about drawing ambushes from the pile? I think there is uh, some special...
1: Um there is some special consideration here but overall this is not a very good card. Uh the problem is that you only get to take one card, yeah. uh not a bunch of cards. But the 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 flip side of it is that if we know what am, you know, if there's an ambush in the deck that we likey, uh then let's grab it because we need a card of that suit. Also you could get into kind of a weird uh bird ambush extravaganza of just spending it revealing it spending it getting it back spending it getting back whatever but uh it could help in an early game situation uh in in a situation where maybe we've gone uh down the citadel path and not the market path yet uh it could help us specialize in what card it is that we're picking up overall though uh don't really like it yeah uh really it's uh it's it, we need a lot of cards right. we need a high card draw not just like one
0: card every round right but it's just sort of similar to that lizard cult dom swapping idea of like well there's tricky business you can get up to when you when you don't need to refill your hand but you know you need a mouse card next turn and yeah. you know there's a mouse card in the ambushes yeah cool It would it's nice to have had informants um it's probably mostly that that two fox clearing or two fox crafter Thing that's going to inhibit us uh in, in all of sure us. sure yeah but sometimes sometimes with duchy you don't really get
1: to pick yeah. what clearings it is that you're going like you have totally. your cards kind of tell you like what direction to go a little bit i i also just want to say like there are also sit- situations where yeah we want high card draw but maybe because we're just revealing and taking cards back we're not actually crafting any of these cards so yeah. we are actually kind of good so you know let's say we could draw two or we could draw one but we know exactly what suit it's going to be and it's the perfect suit for mm-hmm. us
0: right now i i don't know I, maybe, maybe it is a little better than i'm giving it credit okay. for uh next up is soup kitchens it's a bird card one of each those are two things we don't like in our crafters uh and it's your tokens now count towards rule and each of your tokens counts twice our tokens being our tunnels uh, so we only have three of
1: those, uh, and they can't even be in the same clearing, so they're spread out, which is also kind of annoying. I, mean, I think all tokens work like, like, like that, though. Um, but we need – we we have to have – yeah, like you said, craftables in three different clearings just to craft this, so it's obnoxious. It's a bird card, so, you know, it's the type of thing where if we try and reveal it, it's going to get spent, but I also feel like we should reveal it just because I don't think this is very good. Yeah. only applies to tunnels for us, so it's hard to come up with, like, a good scenario for it. This is the type of thing that, you know – It helps you establish a little extra rule, which would help you maybe move your uh, warriors into like a difficult to get to spot. However, we already have an answer for it with tunnels is the problem. Tunnels will allow us to just tunnel into wherever we're trying to get to.
0: Yeah. Uh, Next up is the holy trifecta. (laughs) Uh, First up, we have murine broker, two mouse crafters. Whenever another player crafts an item, draw a card. Yeah, Good more cards extra cards love it Uh, next up is master engravers whenever you craft an item score a point
1: yes we are we we like this uh we want more points for the craftables craftables are still important uh for this deck as they were in the base deck so getting an extra point especially oh if we can get this early that's
0: uh wonderful league of adventurous mice one mouse click crafter once in daylight you may exhaust an item in your crafted items box to take a move or initiate a battle yeah um so this helps with our action economy
1: more moves and battles is never gonna be uh, a problem with us and also like we just so happen to want to craft items and we're good at it so yeah i think league of adventurous mice especially in the early game uh can really help get some versatility going for um the duchy yeah so yeah uh it, and also, uh, it happens in daylight, so we can just kind of easily we just mix in these moves right. and battles in with everything else. Uh, yeah, I w- I don't even know what else that that it's a we just n- named a trio of very good uh, mouse cards for um or Duchy. I would say Master Engravers is probably the best one. Mirroring Broker is pretty good, and then this is this is okay. The only thing I don't like about League of Adventurous Mice is that. Yeah, it's just like a one-time yeah, use limit in
0: scope, um, but, but just,
1: we're wanting to we're wanting to craft yeah. as many items as possible and, and yeah, we're solid
0: yeah. so the marine like broker it. thing is the one that excites me the most because the idea is sometimes you can get like two or three like if, if suddenly yeah. everyone pops off on their crafting you can have like an eight card turn. <laughs> and yeah. and I mean that's not like that's not the same as a lizards eight card turn right lizards mm-hmm. with eight cards is just like oh my gosh that's terrifying but still dutchy I mean that is almost guaranteed you're getting a lord that turn you know mm-hmm. the, whatever cards oh, you got sure. you have enough to make whatever you need to work yeah, uh, yeah next totally up agree. is swap meet one rabbit once in birdsong you may take a random card from another player and then give them a card so it's not the card draw but it's a card cycle get rid of the bad junk
1: yeah, uh, this is great for us because we want to cycle out uh, cards that we uh, either don't like or don't care about or d- just don't work with our uh, current clearings where we have uh, units. So yeah, cycle out, cycle out the bad stuff. Um, get get more convenient cards where you know you end up using swap meet and then you pick up a, a fox card and you realize like, oh, I, now I don't have to spend a movement on trying to get this yeah. sway done, I can use that movement for something completely different. What's so great about Dutchy that I haven't really talked about at all is the potential idea of having your action economy start to get used to do like kind of luxury things, stopping other players, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hurt, hurting their ability to gain points is when Dutchy kind of kicks it into overgear and get uh, overdrive. I should say not overgear. That's not even a thing that exists, <laughs> um, but Once Dutchie really gets going, uh, that's
0: that's when you start seeing stuff like that. And that's really fun. Yeah, Uh, we've got charm offensive. One rabbit at the start of evening, you may draw a card and choose another player to score a point. That start of evening is means it doesn't do anything for our turn, but it is before we craft. So is this a thing?
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I, I it's it's card draw. You know sure. what I mean? I, I, I don't want to make it too complicated. It's it's like really it's just kind of like we 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 want the extra card draw, yeah. I think. um, And getting it right before crafting time is good. Charm offensive is a little weird because obviously you do have to give someone a point. And uh, depending on who that player is, they could end up winning and then you'll feel bad. <laughs> but I think especially if we're talking early game, uh, you need the card draw more than you care about giving away a point.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've got False Orders, One Fox in Birdsong. You may discard this card to move half of an enemy's warriors rounded up uh, from any clearing, treating yourself as that player and ignoring rule. So, any
1: player can get use out of False Orders. It's a versatile card that really helps you uh, in the late game make like a strike. I think people kind of know that at this point. Uh, the thing about False Orders in Duchy uh, is that I really would rather talk about how much it hurts us more than I would talk about how much it helps us. We could still use it, of course, like anyone can, but you know, if, if you've been following along thus far, I've sort of suggested a situation that false orders would be like a problem for we have, we were wanting two clearings where we have two buildings and, uh, you know, like eight moles in each clearing, which false orders will then turn to four. And now it's a real ball game. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's false orders is like the answer to our strategy so in that way i would say maybe you should craft it and then just
0: frivolously use it at the end of the game or something you know what i mean right. like the idea of keeping it out of the discards that could get reshuffled and back. like just keeping false yeah. orders away from others is a reason to craft it in its own because it's so much more dangerous against you than than anything else so just having yeah. it on lockdown is helpful
1: yeah, and we haven't talked about uh, saboteurs, but obviously, crafting false orders for yourself and just wasting it is another way of doing saboteurs. Right. <laughs> uh, in a way, it's a convoluted way of doing it, but it's a way that at least means it can't get used on you. And especially at like high level play, I feel like false orders being used on Duchy is like if you have the extra brain space and extra action economy to literally just get false orders out of the equation a little bit there's two false orders in the deck i'm not crazy so i know if you craft one you can't craft another can't craft both because they have the same name um but you are at least lowering the chance that it's going to come up against you
0: next up is eerie emigre it's a bird card uh two foxes at the end of birdsong take a move then initiate a battle in the clearing you moved into if you did not take both actions discard this card
1: yeah so we want we want moves and battles right but I don't know if we always want to have to fight. Um, I, I feel like... It, what What's kind of lame about it is... Let's say there's a round where we don't want to have to move and battle. Um, if we send a single mole and have them battle, and we, then we lose that mole, now we've lost like presence in that clearing, which is yeah. kind of obnoxious. Th- the end of birdsong element of it is a bit of a... Like, it's good. It's like a good window because... We could kill a mole and then immediately spend one of our daylight actions on re-recruiting it. Um, but I don't know. I, I It's weird. It's weird to say that something that gives us more movement in battle is bad. Yeah. But with Dutchie, I don't really love being forced to fight. Yeah. I would rather play
0: really kind of quiet and uh, defensive. Yeah. Dutchie's but- so defensive that you want the moves and you sometimes want battles for the versatility and the problem with your emigrate is it is not versatile it is you have to do the thing and so mm-hmm. so it's it's hard to want to do exactly that uh the special mention i would throw out is you can use that move to move from the burrow to an already on the board tunnel but i don't know how often you have to go to one of your own tunnels and then battle there that that feels like a very yeah. rare occurrence if like you've tunneled somewhere thing. you've already jumped on that spot and nuked it and it's probably yours on lockdown decently yeah yeah or or it's late game and and they're they're coming at you in which
1: case cool but i you know i don't need to tell you to craft something that's going to help you in your in the situation you're in right now because we're in a vacuum it's hard to say that this is always going to be good it, it certainly doesn't feel that worth it to me in the early game yeah. uh when you're just trying to get going now i now, if I did edge case it a little bit, in the world where you went heavy citadels and not mm-hmm. heavy markets, uh, we've probably got the juice to just kind of like, all right, I'm a I'm a punch every right. round. If that's your strategy, then Eerie Emigre might be good for you. But that's
0: not necessarily what we're talking about this week. Yeah. Uh, we've got Corvid Planners, another bird card, two of any uh, crafter. While moving, you ignore rule. Well, Hunter, you've told me a lot about how much moving we do. Do we, what, so not having to worry about rule seems like it could be good.
1: Yeah, this is kind of a, uh, this is somewhat like not completely irrelevant for us. I don't want to like say this is useless because there's going to be edge cases, Uh, but tunnels kind of neutralizes this, right? Like if there's a place we're trying to get to, uh, why not just spend Corvid planners to place a tunnel there and then move? and then move some uh some moles there um i mean i can think of uh, a reason or two why we might not want to do that if we don't have enough moles in the burrow and we're just like giving a tunnels point to like an eerie that's playing despot there we go just did it found your edge (laughs) case found an edge case for you right there but overall i feel like tunnels just kind of neutralizes this in the
0: abstract and it doesn't neutralize it as much as the next card we're gonna talk. (laughs) next one is tunnels Uh, It's a a single rabbit. You treat clearings with any of your crafting pieces, which are your buildings, as adjacent. Yeah. So, uh,
1: I don't know. In most most situations, you're going to find that you accidentally set up in such a way where there's absolutely no way you could get any use from this whatsoever. (laughs) Although it does help you do... You know, it does make tunnels work the way people think it works sometimes where they think they can go from tunnel place to tunnel place. Yeah. So that's uh, that's something I don't know. That's about the best thing I can say about it. Hopefully, hopefully you wouldn't need this in a game.
0: It's kind of there's definitely games, though, where you get your one you get your one base in one clearing. And then you tunneled the other side of the board, and that's actually where mm-hmm. your other base is. And your, your two bases yeah. aren't necessarily helping each other out. And crafting tunnels is a way to make it to where those two things are now able to reinforce each other. So to I see the value a, there, and that's movement. how you game. Yeah.
1: It, it's literally just cutting out a single movement, though, because we're talking about the difference between moving from your two buildings in one move or moving to the burrow with one move and then
0: two. Well, the that's place assuming your tunnel way. is where your burrows are. I mean, it, it, your tunnels where your buildings are because again, the 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 tunnels aren't your tunnels. The tunnels are your buildings.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but in a lot of in a lot of situ in the situation you described, though, most of the tunnels... of the, there and then built yeah, there and then yeah exactly sure.
0: that's how you got uh, to that other <laughs> that's spot how all the it way happened, across. So, the so you're the there. Tunnel. Yeah. Uh, next up is boat builders. It's another bird card. Two of any. Uh, you treat rivers as paths, so more movement. We kind of don't need to like have to warp with
1: yeah i mean uh, there might be a little more edge cases for this versus tunnels yeah. maybe less i don't know uh but yeah i think i think we have an answer to this type of problem already yep. uh, by just digging
0: so yeah and the last card is saboteurs which is saboteurs um we we mentioned it earlier but uh, obviously saboteurs is on the hunt for false orders uh you yep. want you want to clear a false orders is bad and just as much as you always want to clear anybody having uh coffin makers especially if corvids or otters or kind of lizards not really so much but but the other two for sure if they're in the game yeah. you got to get rid of those
1: all sorters really has their name on it so we would like to craft it uh every every time i would just grab it get it crafted uh you're not you know this isn't a I don't know there there are other factions that get saboteurs and i feel like it does they don't care yeah uh like if i'm if i'm woodland alliance and i end up drawing saboteurs early i'm like well sorry like i'm gonna put this in supporters like i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just automatically craft this but with dutchy i will pretty much uh always
0: automatically craft saboteurs yeah Okay, so that's that's crafty corner. We did it. We made it up the other side. Uh, Hunter, you talked about some weaknesses earlier, but that was more specific to like the early game and the and the fact that we start slow. So what are yeah. wh- how does that track into the long game?
1: Yeah. So yeah, we're we're kind of we're kind of us we're the slow start faction, um, and it can be rough to get your card tempo uh, going. And, and the thing about card tempo is is that's the source of all of our points, right? That's that's how we sway ministers, get those minister points. That's how we craft uh, cards. The only thing we don't get out of that is, you know our lords can score us points uh, without cards, but that's pretty much that's pretty much all we got. Um, our action economy, super slow at first, uh, and we, and if we start with the wrong cards, we can struggle to sway ministers in order to fix the problem, which that's a bummer. Um, if the other players, choose to go after uh us and try to trigger a uh, price of failure by killing our buildings it really hurts also we haven't mentioned this once yet but the lizards can just do that sometimes <laughs> at very little cost yeah. well i mean i'll say this the lizards doesn't love to do this yeah they don't want to just put uh uh like kill one of our buildings and put one of their gardens there because then we're gonna kill it yeah and that's gonna hurt them a little bit but the problem is if we're going into a duchy game and the lizards are there and we maybe have this locked up we have to account for the fact that lizards will be in a position to be like well even though it hurts me a little bit i need to trigger price of failure which means you have to sometimes plan to shield your key ministers from getting uh from getting killed this is why like honestly i i try and have a duchy strategy that's only going to center around one lord yeah so that if i get a single lord out cool then i get an extra lord out that's the defending lord that's mm-hmm. the lord we're going to get rid of for price of failure yeah so now you got to trigger price failure too to take away the lord i really care about right and you know and when it comes to bridget just swaying uh, a lord or another noble will help shield bridget bridget is important the banker is a great uh shield minister not one that i really care about that much in most situations but will help protect the other ones from price of
0: failure yep yeah the other Um, thing i'll say about lizards obviously like if they decide to sanctify twice you know that's two separate removals you're going to lose multiple lords but duchy are uniquely also prepared for lizards in that i mean you get lots of card draw going you can you can Mess with the lost souls. You you are uniquely equipped to that. So don't think that like lizards hard counter you. You know if you get the banker going, you can just like choose to discard your three fox cards and stay out of fox clearings with your buildings. And then the lizards just has a fox full lost souls. And you protect. You know th- that's not like a perfect game long strategy. But I sure. don't want people to think lizards completely will decimate them every single time. I feel like I see that in games where a duchy is like lizards in. Well, I'm screwed. My whole game is ruined. And it's like well you just have to be very intentional with how you play against lizards
1: yeah yeah uh the other thing that's notable is woodland alliance in the early game uh we don't want to have to give up any cards to outrage so that's that's if woodland alliance is in the game we want to make sure we're always uh martial law is our our friend we don't we want to make sure that that woodland alliance is not getting in here you know keep them out you know we don't have to we don't want to have to kill one of those uh, supporter
0: tokens, and then lose a card. Yeah, don't want it. Uh, one of the other things I see players struggle with, um, and th- this is more a note about if you're if you're literally just trying to learn Duchy and trying to get off the ground of it. There's a big point in focusing on like the sequence of events in daylight, and if you're trying to get over that hurdle of Dutchy can be a very difficult faction to play because. You have to do these things in a specific order, and sometimes you realize halfway through your ministers that like, oh, actually, I could have done a build in my two actions because now I can do all my moving and battling during my ministers. And so you, you order of operations is like a whole thing to tackle as them. And and so I think think through your whole daylight first and then go through the actions is an Mm -hmm. important step in dutchy play and that's why you see them in tournament play they are kind of the most analysis paralysis dutchy turns can take a while because really good players are methodically thinking out their entire daylight and then going okay now i just do it all and boom 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 boom, 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 and you knock it all out really really fast but you have to consider everything that you do before you start doing any of it yep
1: yep if you're digging if you're uh, I guess I guess if you have four mole, you can build once you get to ministers. But if you don't have four mole, you're only building uh, with one of your two daylight actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird that you're sort of you're given leeway but only so much and it's one of those things that you don't notice the first time you play duchy and then you start realizing like oh this stuff has to happen in like a really specific order you're like a
0: half Um, step to eerie dynasties right it's like it's not all my moves have to happen at once but i do have to do two things before i can do these six things and then i can get a minister (laughs) and it's like everything just happens in a, in a, a very tricky order it almost feels more like. I would
1: imagine maybe in like a past version of moles before they released that there was like a logic of like, you get the two daylight actions and then you do your squires and then you do your nobles and then you do your lords. (laughs) But they maybe decided that was like too much because it's like, yeah, once you get to ministers, you just do it like whatever, just do them all. However, (laughs) but the fact that you have these, these two, you got to think about first.
0: I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Where do we find our victory Hunter? We we've talked so much about, being defensive and we've talked Mm -hmm. about being you know it's a slow roll but we haven't clearly defined like okay so then what is the actual path how when dutchy wins what does that win look like yeah so we've got 18 points
1: on the board in the form of ministers now am i saying you're gonna go after all 18 of those points every game probably not if the game goes long maybe i don't know it's possible. Uh, you only can you can only sway one a turn anyway, so I think Matt, you were saying that's like nine turns, yeah. which is kind of long for a root game. Not gonna happen. But probably could get there. Um, we're good at crafting, so there's some more points there. Lords give us extra points. It's all kind of like we're like a closed ecosystem type action. We're we're kind of we're we're making the engine make sense for us, mm-hmm. you know. And I would say any any um, aggression. Uh, is I'm more interested in stopping other players than I am in like going up some some sort of eerie style like I'm gonna get my points from from the various cardboard pieces uh, around the map. We're we're we are so the opposite of uh, we are we're not doing any police work really
0: yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not letting people tell us to do any any of that it's funny how many police factions that applies to <laughs> it's like no we refuse cats i refuse dutchy i refuse to be your police it's right. like eerie and otters are the only that's proper it. police
1: force that's out they're there. they're the only ones that are that are good at it and technically technically if vagabond is not the one being policed vagabond is really yeah. good at it yeah. too yeah. <laughs> but yeah that, that that's really it and and Duchy, you know I could see a situation where you get so ahead on action economy that you can afford to do it. And that's why I've kind of mentioned it a few times in the episode as something that could maybe be a little extra, but it's, it's more of a luxury and it's not something that you should let the table um, pressure you into doing. Yeah. So yeah, it really comes down to high action economy, craftables, uh, and the uh, the, the, the stuff themselves. just built into the faction. Yeah, the swaying, swaying the ministers, uh, Bridget. And Bridget's sister, who is the mayor of Duchyville, okay, <laughs> that's that's how you get your action economy going, um, getting those four actions from uh, Bridget, throwing in uh, Marshall, 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 or the Captain. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really good in jokes with Duchy. I'm realizing <laughs> it's like it's like the fun faction. Now at, at, we're at the end of this, and I already I I know there's a handful of people like Marcus the Cat. There's 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 a couple people <laughs> that are gonna that are gonna send me some like, I disagree. Uh, maybe. Maybe not disagreements. Maybe they disagree with some of the things I've said. That's fine. Uh, But but we'll also say like, well, you didn't really talk at all about X way to play. You didn't
0: talk about sway and pray. You didn't talk about you know, there's so small many mole. things with going on with Dutchy. There's so many, there's so many names for the characters and there's so many little side strategies with goofy names that you, if you hang out on the woodland war, if you go to woodland warriors discord and you ask like, what are some good Dutchy strategies? You're going to get all of these terms thrown at you and you have yeah. to wade through all of it. But the, we're we're kind of like a
1: like a subculture of the root community, I would say, It's <laughs> these people that are really into moles, uh, and and I I love moles, and and I, I would love to do additional episodes about the different ways to play moles, but we wanted to go with one, uh, and it it was basically just a kind of straight down the just just yeah. the most what's the most obvious way to play it, um, and the only thing I'm really emphasizing here. Is how important Bridget is in getting it early. Beyond that, everything I'm saying, I feel like you could you could just infer from from reading the sheet. Yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, so there you go. To,
0: to me, as a player who has barely played Duchy, what I learned from from prepping this episode and doing it with you is my big focus is like really starkly defending two territories and it's, making a point to focus on those two territories, and all of the rest of my action economy is used throwing stuff out into the wilderness uh to accomplish my minister goals or my crafting goals or whatever. It's like I need to lock down these two territories and then everything else is extra point accrual that needs to happen. I need to put I just need yeah. to end up in different places. Occasionally I'll tunnel somewhere because it's a it's an awesome opportunity attack or whatever. But everything is based around this the these two bases that you fortify up as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. I I they are my favorite, favorite faction to play in Rune. Love them. That's Love fun. them. Well, we just, okay, we finished all eight factions. You're saying, Duchy. what is my favorite faction after everything is all said and done? I think at one point in time I would have said Eerie, but I am really, I, I think I have been won over by the lizard community. Yeah. Um, it, there's a part of lizards where I don't feel the pressure to win Because sometimes you have Lizard's games that just don't work out. And I I get to rest on that assurance that like, well, it wasn't fully my fault. The decks never worked out and yada, yada, yada. But then sometimes those Lizard games happen that are just like the greatest roller coaster you can possibly ride. Mm -hmm. Go watch Lily G's uh, game three of the semifinals of our Root tournament to see what a Lizard game can look like. Because it rules. Uh, uh, Dutchie kind of underperformed in our tournament. Didn't they? I think they got a single win. That's true. In all of our tournament. What's that about? Yeah. Uh
1: I mean I think that's just about small sample size, yeah, to be honest. For sure. Like you gotta you, I I think it was just something uh kind of in the air. Yeah. Um I believe
0: They did better I, in the I, winter I, tournament. I mean they, they they it just ours Yeah. Cats some, struggled and Dutchies struggled in our tournament in a way that we haven't seen them struggle in, in other walks of life. Somebody tried to say at one point i remember that
1: the problem was that dutchy's really good if everybody at the table is really good like in the winter (laughs) tournament because all of those players were just really good and our tournament i guess was for the 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 not really good people the person that made this point i know exactly who they are and this and i will never forget what they said but um no hard feelings or anything but uh, (laughs) clearly (laughs) (laughs) clearly not uh but maybe there's some truth to the idea that as dutchy what you don't want is people doing unpredictable stuff i'm gonna take this take and i'm gonna i'm gonna soften it it up and i'm gonna gonna have it (laughs) no no no. i'm kidding i'm kidding Uh, i i'm i i just want to i want to be fair here and say that that everything I just described was uh, fairly specific, right? And uh, a lot of the other strategies for moles that we did not really talk about at all are also pretty specific. And to me, moles is kind of this like, all right, I want things to happen this way. I don't want anything unexpected to happen. Okay, <laughs> right. I want. I, I I just want things to go like this, and then I will win the game.
0: Here is a. That's what there is like. a law to everything. We are a bureaucratic. <laughs> faction we need things to work out in the way that we lined them up they're a spreadsheet of a faction it's in almost, their culture and in their strategy yeah.
1: yeah you're making you're making like a thematic uh justification that I think makes sense where yeah. it's almost like these are stubborn moles yeah. you know yeah they, they want they want the Duchy to come into the, the 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 forest and things to go uh just the right way just the the perfect way so <laughs>
0: well i want to thank all of our weird bears Farganess, T.G. welch brian bot bot and squeamish emu son of leto mate nason john arwise absol and pawn shidori and our little peace turtles Naderade. patience as a virtue polyphony requiem Gaz, Kyo. dark jutsu is toria brave sir robin uncle Baddy frank g carnal my son is also named bort and samly and alice all right let's talk uh galactic council so uh,
1: i think uh, the vote is still up there's only two options uh, it's You've got two options for our new Galactic Council episode, which is going to be basically like an improvised episode, shorter and not prepped. All right, yeah. it's going to be uh, <laughs> me and takes. me and Matt <laughs> after dark. Yeah. Um, so your your two options are: is Arborex still the worst faction? And then the second option is Ti4 Pok tournament predictions. Um, down to do either of these, really, yep. at a moment's notice. Very I'm down to, to either talk one. either of these. So this is perfect. Uh, Matt, give me those. Yeah, Cause tournament, we're in the middle of a tournament. Our tournament what, is what ongoing. Are the new games. Uh,
0: so this weekend on Twitch, we got three more games. This weekend will be slightly different. You're going to notice a pattern uh, in this tournament that things going to kind of alternate whether or not there's a game a game on Friday or two games on Saturdays. Uh, so this weekend is a two Saturday weekend. So. Saturday, March 27th at 8 UTC. That's a, a that's like a kind of early morning for you Londoners and whatnot. Uh, that one will be streamed by our friends Duke Lucum and Flat Tomatoes over on their Twitch, twitch.tv slash flat tomatoes. Uh, and then after that game, probably budding right up next to it at, at 1700 UTC. That is noon? Nope, 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Uh, Central Daylight Time. 1700 UTC is uh, game... 4 5 game 5 of the tournament uh prelims and that's on our twitch space cats peace and turtles and then the next day Sunday March 28th at 1400 UTC uh is the game number 6 on space cats peace and turtles twitch yeah and it's
1: time for me to commit to a night to do the next Homebrewers guild stream uh the night i'm going to settle on is uh Friday this coming Friday March 26th Uh, starting in the evening-ish time. I have to get some players together, so I I can't commit to a specific time yet. But evening-ish for Central Time. And uh, the topic for this month for Homebrew is custom relics, which is kind of fitting because we just got some new ones, um, which we'll be throwing in, I guess. Um, And then adding custom ones on top of that. So that's really fun. And also uh, for the YouTube, of course, predictably, I have uh, the three prelims games that we played uh this week or this, this last, last weekend, weekend. Yep. um so those will be coming out on the youtube uh this week i will not i'm going to repeat i will not be chopping them up round by round i will be editing things out i'll, I'll cut out dead air but i am not going to chop each uh game into separate videos because it would be 15 separate videos uploaded to the youtube yeah. every single week daddy's not going to do that at least 15 <laughs> it could be more it could be, it could it be like yeah uh, it could be 18 each week uh, so we're not going to do that, um, but instead uh, they will be they'll be uploaded, and I will try and get you time codes. It wouldn't be too hard actually to do time codes for the beginning of each round, so that the experience of watching on YouTube uh, is
0: you aren't as enjoyable. So watch an eight hour or nine hour long game. You can yeah, you I don't break I don't, I don't want parts. that.
1: I don't want that. I want you to be able to break it up into parts. But yeah, we'll we'll we will have to break it up. Maybe you know what's funny? What if I I don't want to create more work for myself. But would people appreciate it if it was like, uh, I I cut in like to, to say two. hey, so all right, that was that was round one. Uh, feel free to take a break. Here's here's what here, I'll,
0: I'll <laughs> I think sum Hunter, up what's if happened. you did that, you it, the question to ask would be that you would then need to do analysis, like okay, let's summarize that round. And I don't think that is something you need to commit yourself to. That that is not something That's I think we have time for. Is like yeah, and a, I wouldn't post round I mean, analysis of every single round of the tournament. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Right now, that's that's maybe for the semis. Maybe I'll do that for the semis. Semis could be fun. Um, I would love it if you rated our show on iTunes, Apple podcasts, wherever else you listen to the show. Um, and that helps improve our visibility, helps get people knowing about the tournament, more people watching. We had a great showing this last weekend. I'm excited to see how much more that grows over the course of the prelims. You can also visit our website, space for more information on our Patreon, our Twitter, our discord, Molly's coming into the room. Hi Molly. Uh, and our merch, a big special mention of the Patreon would really love it. If you considered contributing to that, uh, Daddy Matt is going full-time with the show. So uh, Patreon is his job, more y'all. important than ever. Molly wants to go to college and you can help. <laughs> uh, please consider being a part of this experience with us and, and being a part of future content uh, with Hunter and I both full-time. We actually can start trying to figure out more stuff to do uh, for fun on the YouTube. I know one of our goals is some sort of play of the week video series that coincides with the tournament one play yeah. from e- from each of the th- not all three games one play from the three games from each weekend i would love to get one play of the week proper from from yeah. this tournament happening through i did it i did a
1: pilot episode like stream kind of test that we will be building on uh and it will be better there was actually i wanted to upload it to youtube uh, but there was actually an audio problem with it yes. Uh, the audio was desynced from the video yeah and i didn't i could not fix it I, it just kept frustrating me and i was like i don't want to upload this because people are just going to be annoyed by it the whole time right but uh it's going to happen and we have so much twilight imperium happening every single week yeah uh, all, you remember all those people complaining about not enough twilight <laughs> imperium i i hope you stuff it
0: Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. Thank you to all our patrons, and thank you to Brian Kapilis for the use of his music. You can find more at wanderinglake.bandcamp.com.